I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football family. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu. And on this edition of the show, we're going to be looking ahead to Arsenal's big game at Emirates Stadium. Coming up on Tuesday evening, Chelsea are the visitors. Now, not the greatest Chelsea side, not a Chelsea side that have... Uh, even been remotely good this season. They're a Chelsea side that have really, really struggled under Frank Lampard um, and struggled before that under Graham Potter, hence why he was sacked and struggled a little bit before that as well, hence why Thomas Tuchel was given his marching orders uh, despite being a better manager than, than both of the guys that followed him uh, at the football club. But this is the type of game that I think is a bit of a lose-lose for Arsenal. Um, I, I say this a lot when we talk about sort of fixtures against certain sides because... This is one of those where Chelsea do have talent. Chelsea do have a squad capable of causing us problems on the day. But because their form over the course of the season has been so poor, people would dismiss Chelsea's chances going into this game. Now, I'm not saying I'd accept anything less than three points. And I'm not saying that Arsenal, you know, should be excused if they fail to get back to winning ways here. But this is one of those games that if you beat Chelsea, everybody goes, well, Chelsea are dreadful this season and therefore refuses to give you credit. But if Chelsea beat you in the eyes of a lot of people, it will be the end of the world. Whereas when you think about it logically, although they haven't been able to find any consistency and any sort of um, yeah consistent level of performance over the course of the season, people will ignore the fact that they've got good players and, and people will ignore the fact that, you know, on their day, they they could be a match for, for most. So, yeah, um, not not the ideal fixture when you want to bounce back, uh, I would say. The flip side is that it, it, you can look at it as a better fixture than maybe a game against the bottom side, because if you do beat a Chelsea side that, OK, has underperformed, it is still Chelsea. And that can be a bigger confidence boost, can't it, than beating a Southampton or or which we can do, obviously, or be in a, you know, I don't know, a Leeds United or someone like that. So, yeah, we're going to have to see um, how this one goes. I think it's going to be a really, really interesting fixture. And we're going to be building up to it right here on this edition of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. We are live on YouTube currently. Big hello to everybody uh, who is with us in the chat. And a big hello to everybody who will be watching or listening to this back a little bit later on. Just a quick plug as well, if you haven't checked it out, because it dropped on Sunday evening. Uh, do check out uh, my chat with uh, former Gunner Invincible, Arsenal legend Ray Parler, in which we discussed the Gunner season so far. We talked a lot about Edu, uh, somebody that he knows uh, personally, somebody that he played in central midfield alongside at times for the Gunners. Uh, and uh, we discussed where the squad still needs improving as well. So there's a lot uh, to get through in that episode. It is the last episode on your feed if you're listening on audio and it is the last video on the channel if you are watching us on YouTube. Uh, let's say a few hellos before we dive right into the thick of the preview. Big hello to Viju, uh, who says, hello, Harry, marking my attendance. He talks about Pep's formation and he's wondering if Arsenal should change theirs off the back of what happened. What I will say is we don't have to play Man City again, thankfully. A uh, big hello to Matt, who joins us from Chicago, to Henry, uh, who joins us as well, to Mafia Boss, uh, to Nav, uh, who says, hit those likes. Yes, please do. Big hello to Abby as well. Uh, Valiant is with us. Ron is with us. Um, yeah, good to see so many of you. And Ron says, uh, great show with Ray Parler, Harry. Thank you very much, mate. 
uh, really, really appreciate it. It was fantastic to have him in the studio. Um, and everybody knows what a character Ray Ray is and uh, a top guy he is. Uh, Waz, a uh, big hello to you, mate. Uh, thank you for joining us. And Insomnia says, would love to see Arsenal play with two strikers. Interesting. We'll come on to the team in a little bit because I think that's a really, really interesting discussion uh, to have this time around. But as I say, you know, this is a game that I am a bit nervous about because I'm nervous on the basis that Arsenal just aren't performing at the level that we know they can at the moment. Defensively, you know, they've really, really struggled. I, I would argue that prior to the Manchester City game, I didn't really have too many concerns about us as an attacking force. All of my concerns were about us as a defensive unit. All of my concerns were about the silly mistakes that we seem to be making in and around our own penalty area. The the ease with which we're giving up goals to our opponents. That that was my big worry going into the City game. And look, that was exactly what happened. You know, we went there and we got absolutely hammered by a side that on the day were, were far superior to us. And, and I've always said this about City. I think their maximum level is higher than our maximum level. And the difference has been this season that we've been a, we've been close to our maximum level for the majority of the campaign. Manchester City haven't, but they still were able to do enough to stay in the race. And they really have clicked into gear at the right times. Now, I'd be lying if I said um, I didn't have some hope yesterday uh, with regards to Fulham. Um, you know, Fulham obviously took on Manchester City at Craven Cottage. I must admit, so you might have noticed in the background that the room has changed a little bit. Um, I haven't got around to that corner yet behind me, but and you can probably see the bin bag in the back, which is really poor from me. But I've been um, I've been sort of revamping the man cave a little bit, just moving stuff around, chucking out a load of junk. And, and what I decided to do yesterday was because I had a rare day off. I thought what I'll do is I'll come down to the man cave. I'll stick the Serie A action on uh, on the TV and then I'll just get on with it whilst I'm um, sort of half paying attention to what's going on there. So I had the Inter Lazio game on and, you know, the result went in a way that meant that Napoli could go on and win the Scudetto. And then I thought, well, I don't want to watch Manchester City absolutely hammer Fulham this afternoon because it's just going to depress me. So what I'll do is I'll watch Napoli hoping that they'll win the Scudetto with a victory over Salernitana. And they got the first goal, Napoli, and it looked as though they were cruising to it. There was blue smoke going off in and around the ground. Everybody was ready and embraced for the celebrations. And then Salonitana spoilt the party with an equalising goal. But what had happened was I'd said to myself that I wasn't going to even follow the Manchester City game, that I wasn't even going to be across it. Normally, if I'm not watching a game and I'm watching a different one, I would stick the notifications on on my phone via live score or one of those apps so that I get the pop-up anytime a goal goes in because you know you're not going to get the update on the, the Serie A coverage. And I decided yesterday I'm not even going to do that because I'm just going to get annoyed. You know, I'm going to see City score after a few minutes and it's just going to piss me right off. And that's what happened. Manchester City took a, an early lead and uh, and it felt like the game was over. But then Fulham equalised. And I'd heard of the equaliser because a mate of mine had sent me a message. But then by the time I'd read his message, his following message was a video of Julian Alvarez's goal. And I just thought, I mean, look at that quality. You know, and, that, and that's the, the big fundamental difference between the two sides. You know, on the one hand, you've got Arsenal who, you know, have greater strength and depth than maybe we had at various points last season and, and at the beginning of this season with sort of Leandro Trossard 
uh, in and around the team. Eddie and Ketty is back in the picture as well. But Manchester City, to, to put it into context, as I said the other night, brought on Riyad Mahrez, who had just scored a hat-trick in a Wembley semi-final the weekend before. Julian Alvarez, a World Cup winning striker, can just slot into their team. And he came into the team yesterday because Kevin De Bruyne was out and he scored arguably one of the goals of the season. So that's what we're up against. That's the level that we're dealing with. But as I've said to you guys a number of times over the last few days, the biggest disappointment for me now this season would be if they did drop the points and we weren't there to take advantage. And that's why the Chelsea game is a must-win game. It's a huge game. And we're going to come on to Mikel Arteta's comments about all of this in a bit. Um, but it is a huge game for the fans. And I think it's the type of game that we kind of need to lift up our positivity again and, and get everybody sort of not back on side, because I think we're all on side. And I think all the sensible Arsenal supporters out there will know and recognise that this has been an unbelievable season. But to fall away the way we have and to just kind of let the control slip is obviously disappointing. Um, but it's a bit of a reality check as to where we are and and where the squad is, given that we we go into the Champions League next season. And I think, although we're going to talk about Mikel's comments in a bit more depth in a few minutes, I think the comment he made about the fact that the best thing about what's going on right now for Arsenal is that we've qualified for the Champions League and nobody's satisfied when that would have been the objective at the start of the campaign. So we're at a place now where we've surpassed what we were expected to do. We've done it with ease, with comfort, with games to spare. But, you know, there is a there was a dream that we could go on and win the Premier League. And we probably will fall short of that now. But let's not go down without a fight. Always nice to get one over Chelsea as well. Uh, it'd be really nice to really kind of stick the boot in on them after they've had a dreadful season so far. Um, we'll come on to talk about the team as well. Would you change it up? I've seen some people speaking about, you know, maybe refreshing things, a change of shape, a change of formation. I'm not sure about the the, the freshening up in terms of bringing in maybe a Trossard or, or something like that. I'm not dead against that. But at the same time, um, at the same time, those that are saying we should change the formation, I don't really agree. I think that if you don't change your formation, for Manchester City away, the likelihood of of that same manager making the decision to kind of rip it up and start again for a game at home against a side sitting in the bottom half of the table doesn't really make a lot of sense. So that's where I'm at um, at the moment. Let me take um let me take a few of your comments on this uh, in the chat. Um, Abdi says Trossard has to start no matter what. Don't care who goes out except Martinelli. I think it's fair to say that some of the other forwards have struggled of late but or, or looked lacklustre in the game against City. This is the thing, though. What happened against City, in my opinion, was not due to our forward line. It was due to a weakness, a glaring weakness that we have in the heart of our defence at the moment, but also the fact that we weren't pragmatic enough in and around that position to plug holes, to fill spaces and to prevent Manchester City exploiting us as easily as they did. The forwards up at the Etihad on Wednesday didn't create much. In fact, they didn't create anything. And that was a concern and that was a worry. But if you look at a slightly bigger sample size, so even if you restrict it to the games in which we've struggled, so the game at Anfield where we probably should have taken three points only ended up with one, 
We scored a couple of goals on the road at Anfield. You know, that's not to be sniffed at. Then you take it to West Ham United, where again, we were in complete control of a game because we were 2-0 up after some wonderful football involving our midfield and front line. But we threw it away with defensive errors. And then the Southampton game, where again, you know, defensively, we were way too easy to get at and we had a lot of problems. We still managed to score three goals on the night. So has goal scoring been our problem? I thought I thought we looked lackluster at Manchester City, but for me to think or to suggest that that is a, a real issue on the basis of one trip away to the champions, I think, would be a little bit unfair. Now, if somebody needs a rest, if somebody isn't quite at it and, and Mikel Arteta and his team can see that in the build-up to the game through training, etc., then, then maybe make a change. There's nothing wrong with using somebody like Trossard after 60 minutes as well. You know, there's that option as well. But if you're going to make a case that the forwards need to come out of the side or some of the forwards deserve to be dropped from the side based on recent performances, then you could make a case that Thomas Partey should be left out of the side and replaced by Jorginho based on current form. And that is mental because throughout the duration of the season, I've repeatedly said how important I believe Thomas Partey is. I've talked about the fact that for me, he is the most important player in this team because of how good he is at what he does because of how perfect he is for the specific role that he's asked to play in terms of his attributes. But he's been off it in the last couple of weeks, and this can happen. And so when you've got unbelievable squad depth, you can make those changes, and it can be a seamless transition. You put Jorginho in the, the defensive midfield position, I don't think he'd be bad, and he'd probably feel like he's got a point to prove against Chelsea. But it does change the way we're able to play and the way we have to play. And if we're going to talk about Rob Holding and a lack of mobility and the fact that he needs additional protection, then maybe Jorginho is not the one to have sitting in front of him. I don't know. I've talked myself out of that idea. But the point I was trying to make was that there are a number of players in that squad and in that team right now that you can look at and say are underperforming based on the last few weeks and probably don't deserve to be in the side. Uh Big hello to, is it Lloyd? Have I said that right? Forgive me if I've pronounced that wrong. He says, Harry, 60,000 Gooners will be in our stadium tonight supporting our team. That's right. Uh, he's referring, of course, to the uh, UEFA Champions League final in the women's game semi-final, I beg your pardon, between Arsenal and Wolfsburg uh, this evening. Uh, 60,000 sellout at the Emirates Stadium. I'm going to be going down there later on uh, this evening, which is why I'm doing this show. Uh, outside of our normal time slot. But yeah, um, you're right. There's going to be plenty of of Gooners there. There's going to be plenty of support uh, for the ladies. And, and you know what? I think I tweeted something yesterday, just sort of saying my club with like the heart. Just, you know, what a club. I mean, you can say what you like about how Arsenal have maybe tailed off at the business end of the season. And there's a lot of disappointment in and around the fan base. And it does feel a little bit flat at times. I agree with people that are saying that in the chat or it has felt a little bit flat over the last few weeks because of where we were and where we are today. But let's not forget the journey that we've been on. And when you think about the state this club is in, generally speaking, it is honestly fantastic. You've got the the youth team who went to the FA Youth Cup final. Okay, they were unbeaten. Uh, sorry, they were beaten by a better side in West Ham United, but to get there was an achievement in itself. The Arsenal men's side have achieved what their goal would have been at the start of the campaign, which was to get back in the Champions League. They've done it with room to spare. They've done it with 
you know, games to spare and they're still in with a fight of winning the Premier League title, which you didn't think was possible at the start of the season. And our women's side are in a Champions League semi-final second leg at home in front of 60,000 Arsenal supporters. And it's not just about the achievement. Arsenal's women's side have always been one of the better sides and have always been really, really competitive. But just to see how the interest in the game has just grown dramatically is is fantastic. And, you know, people will talk about how well the team have done, how well Jonas Seidevel's done, how well the club have done to kind of give the women's team the resources it needs to to flourish and to continuously be one of the very best in the business. But you've got to give credit to the fans as well, who, you know, are turning out in their numbers on a bank holiday Monday and um, and will be behind the team. But yeah, uh, there are a few questions which I'll come on to in a little bit. Um, Tailwood Studio says, playing a back three would only show the opposition that we aren't confident in the team. With City, it works because they're so strong and our frailty is defence. So adding one more uh, centre-back doesn't fix things. Yeah, I mean, with Chelsea, it's a, it's a different animal, isn't it? I don't expect us to be fearful of Chelsea. I expect us to be confident against Chelsea. We should be confident based on the two seasons that the clubs are having. But you fear that what's happened over the last few weeks might have a bit of a lasting effect on these Arsenal players. But as I say, it, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a fixture where, you know, you, you kind of... I think you're treading a difficult line because, as I said before, I think that if you lose to Chelsea, nobody will turn around and say, well, look, they've spent £600 million over the last two windows and have a lot of talent in the squad despite that not really clicking over the course of the season. doesn't mean, though, on, on their day, they can't turn in the performance. But if you do beat them, um, nobody's going to give you as much credit as you probably deserve in terms of bouncing back because of the fact that Chelsea are where they are in the table. So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, I think, in a fixture like this. Um, let's see what else we've got. Um, Rob, how you doing, mate? He says, I have a feeling it'll be flat tomorrow night. A drag of a game. That's how I felt after the last three away games. Last Wednesday was a horror night. It was indeed, mate. It was indeed. I'll tell you what was worse. I've moaned about it a few times uh, on the show over the last few days, but the drive back was bloody worse. Oh, my God. Uh, horrendous. Uh, Nav says, do you want to see changes, Harry? We'll talk about my team selection uh, just uh, shortly. Let me just take a couple more comments and then um, we'll move on uh, from this. Richard says, Lee Gunner was right all along, four years and counting. What was he right about? What was he right about? He, I bet he didn't predict that Arsenal were going to challenge for the Premier League title this season. You know, it's it's, and I, this is not even aimed specifically at Lee Gunner. Like Lee Gunner's entitled to his opinions, as is everybody else, and I don't really have an issue with with any individual. But you know, a lot of people that you know were very negative about Arsenal at the start of the season, and you know were really sort of hammering Mikel Arteta and the players after the sort of drop-off at the back in the last season have been quiet for many, many months now. For them to kind of come out the woodwork now and, and be like, I told you so, I think is is a bit rich given that they've had no choice but to praise the team uh, throughout the duration of the season so far. It feels like they've been waiting for this moment. The good thing is there's been so much positive this season that most people aren't going to fall for it. And most people aren't going to get sucked into that whirlwind of negativity because everybody knows that Arsenal have improved. And it's undeniable. It really, really is. 
Um, let me take uh, one more comment. Uh, ben says, we'll win this game for sure. However, the title challenge is over. Patrick wants to see Trossard start. Uh, Hamudziane also uh, wants to see Trossard start in place of either Saka or Martinelli. Let's take a very quick pause and then we'll have a look at what Mikel Arteta has told the media ahead of this one. Okay, let's have a look at what the boss has been saying ahead of this one. Uh, he was obviously asked about William Saliba uh, because, of course, he remains sidelined the Frenchman, which is um, which is not ideal. You know, it's it's been a big problem for us. It feels like it's kind of too late now. Um, you know, it, it's yeah, it, it's it's one of those things now where like. I'm over it. I've kind of accepted in my own mind and in my own head that William Saliba is going to miss the remainder of the season. I think when Mikel spoke ahead of, I think it was ahead of the City game, and he said, look, it's not progressing. You know, that was when, for me, any hope I had of William Saliba returning to the side uh, between now and the end of the season and helping us through the final straight had gone, had evaporated. So I'm not surprised that he's not available again tomorrow. Um, I'm not surprised by that in the slightest. Mikel Arteta said he's not going to be involved. We'll have to wait until the next game to see where we are. But he also went on to say um, that he's not progressed this week, which is obviously disappointing. Um, you know, he talked about the title run. He talked about um, the criticism towards his side uh, after falling to second. And he said, look, well, this is Arsenal Football Club. We have to be here to win every single trophy. And the demands have to be there. Um, one of the comments that he made has been picked up quite a bit on social media by aggregators I've seen. He was asked what he can expect from Chelsea and he said they're going to come to the Emirates and try and beat us and that they have a great manager. Now, Mikel Arteta was also hammered, I think, a couple of weeks ago when he suggested that Ruben Sellers was a really, really good coach and that Southampton were a really good side. Now, every side in the Premier League is of a high standard. Every side has the capability of, on their day, turning up and causing somebody problems. We've seen that for years and years and years. And anybody who denies that hasn't been watching this league um, for over the past couple of decades, especially in the last decade, I would say, where more clubs have got uh, big ownership, um, more investment, and have been able to then go out and get... Like, I mean, you look at the top clubs now, right? They sign players for 60, 70 million pounds. Now you're talking about clubs that are in the relegation fight that can afford to buy forwards for 30, 35 million pounds. So the whole level has risen. The whole level has gone up. And that's why this league is regarded by many as the best league in the world. And I'm not saying that Southampton are a good side and that it was excusable that we didn't beat them. That's not where I'm going with this. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't beat Chelsea tomorrow night. But what I am saying is that if you think Mikel Arteta is going to sit in front of the press and disrespect an opponent the day before we play them and be critical of them. Like, what What are you expecting to happen? I, I, this is the thing with press conferences, with interviews, right? You're never going to get, you're very rarely going to get stuff said up front. And you're very rarely going to get cold, um, hard lines. What you're going to get is you're going to get fluff. And what you need to do is try and, debunk that and you need to try and read in between those lines and if you can filter out the fluff yourself then you can draw some form of conclusions but you're going to get fluff and saying Frank Lampard is a good manager 
is fluff. That's Mikel Arteta being respectful and not wanting there to be a clip going around of him tomorrow night if we fail, for example, to beat Chelsea, of him being critical of the job that Frank Lampard's done. Like, use your common sense, people. Like, that, that, that is what that is. Nothing more, nothing less. I'm sure he doesn't go home at night and watch videotapes of Frank Lampard's training sessions or watch Frank Lampard's teams with a notepad so he can tactically uh, improve his own style. None of that. Um, none of that. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'd say to that. Um, you know, he was asked on what Arsenal can control. He said, look, now it's not in our hands. What is in our hands, though, is to go on and try and win the games. Um he was asked about encouraging the players after the defeat. He said they didn't need much. Our supporters, our players, our staff. It was a big night and we didn't produce the performance that we wanted. I think it was a good reality check because you have to step up to that level for 10 months. And he's right. It was a reality check. It's a reality check over the that's come, you know, in at the worst possible time, obviously, for us. But I think a lot of us knew that the squad was a little bit flimsy and knew that there were holes in it and knew that we were only ever one or two injuries away from having a, a big drop-off. And you've seen that drop-off in defence. And again, this is not personal to Rob Holding. Like People keep coming at me saying, stop hammering Rob Holding. Rob Holding is probably a fucking lovely guy. Like He, he, he probably is. And, and I don't have a problem with him as a player, as a person. He just does not fit in with what we want to do. And he's just not on William Saliba's level. And we've seen that drop off. Unfortunately, we saw that drop off when Thomas Partey was out of the team. We saw that drop off when Gabriel Jesus was out of the team for a period of time. Eddie and Ketty did an okay job to keep it going, thankfully. And goals came from other parts of the pitch, which has been one of the really encouraging things about Arsenal this season. But there was a drop off. So, I think everybody knew that at some point, if we did pick up injuries, we would struggle. And it is a reality check because we now know that actually this squad is not infallible, which maybe we thought it was at the start of the season, or some people got sucked into that false sense of security, perhaps. Then you look at the fact that, um, you know, you look at the fact that we, you know, we're going to be playing in a, a European competition next season where we can't afford to rotate even in the group stage. And so we need to add depth for that reason as well. Look, all I want to see now from Arsenal is a strong finish to the end of the season. As I say, I want us to be there if, um, you know, Manchester City do slip up, which I don't expect to happen. But if they do, I want us to be there and ready. I also, um, I also want us to, um, you know, recognise that we need more depth going into the summer and that we need more, uh, options in certain areas. And and what I've said before is that I think the investment will slow down because what we saw was Arsenal probably over-investing in the team based on the fact that we weren't getting any money in for players and based on the fact that we weren't in Europe in one of the seasons and then we were in the Europa League. So I think what we need is the club to recognise that they have to continue investing and you'd hope that the Champions League money will help that or at least the fact that it looks like we could be back in the big-time hopefully in the years to come based on the progress we've made. Um, yeah, it'd be great. It would be great. Um, it would be really, really good if we could, um, you know, follow on and build on in the summer. Guys, if you are trolling other members of the chat, I will block you. I don't give a shit. Um, I, I really don't care. Um, who's the ones that are? Uh, yeah, you're gone, mate. See you later. 
can't be bothered. I, I don't have people come into this channel and onto this show to be abused by other idiots in the chat box. I can't bother with it. We didn't have any of it when Arsenal were winning. It's funny how they all pop up um, when uh, when Arsenal are when Arsenal are struggling a little bit. That just shows you what type of people they are. Cretins uh, that like to um, that like to capitalize on people's disappointment. Anyway, two people blocked out of the chat. Gone. See you later. Not interested. You can have a different opinion. It's absolutely fine. You, you know, come into the chat and say, look, guys. I think that Mikel Arteta got this, this, and this wrong. I think that this, this, this player got this wrong. This player let us down. There's a way of having those conversations. The minute you start having a go at and abusing people in the chat box, because because you're look, you're on a wind up, I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to have it. So we'll block you. Um, the user experience here um, is not um, is not going to be compromised for that. Look, 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 we got another one. We got another one. Stop simping. How about you getting a bin as well, mate? See you later. Goodbye. Anyway, um, let's take a really, really short pause. Quick message from our sponsor, and then we'll get back on to looking ahead to the game against Chelsea. We'll do our statistical preview bit, and we'll talk about the team. Okay, uh, just to give you guys a quick reminder, this podcast is, of course, brought to you in partnership with the good people over at NordVPN, named one of Times 2022's best inventions. It's the price of a cup of coffee per month and the benefits, I'm sure you'll agree, more than justify the cost. You can protect your data whilst traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. You can watch sporting events, TV shows and films that aren't available in your region by changing your virtual location. Uh, you can purchase flights, subscriptions, and more at cheaper prices by logging in from another location. So an example of this uh, that I always give to you guys, Netflix, log in from a virtual location based in the United States, and you get a different inventory of stuff to watch, and you won't be disappointed. I quite like watching Greek football from time to time, but all of the streams uh, here in the UK from the official channels are geo-blocked because I'm based here in London. So what do I have to do to change my virtual location? And once I do that to Greece or Cyprus, I'm able to access uh, those channels, which is fantastic. Um, and of course, if I'm looking at booking flights, sometimes they're cheaper from the destination. So why not flip your virtual location to elsewhere and have a quick peek and see if it works for you? You can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash chronicles afc the link is in the description to get a huge discount off of your plan as well as four additional months for free it's completely risk-free with nord's 30-day money back guarantees so do check it out big thanks to nordvpn for their support of the chronicles of aguna podcast okay um what else we got uh we got more we got more in the chat. Gabrielle says, imagine having to block people because your team bottled it and you don't want to hear it. No wonder you do this for a living. It's not, I'm not blocking people because people are saying that my team bottled it. You've completely missed the point. Um, you've completely missed the point, but you can, you can get in the bin as well, to be honest with you. I'm blocking people that are abusing others because I don't think that is acceptable. If you've got a different opinion, as I've said 101 times, that is absolutely fine. What I'm not going to tolerate is you coming in the chat and calling other people names because you're a sad cretin 
hiding behind a clown face in your picture who's probably sitting in his bedroom. You're probably 14 years old. Like, grow up, man. Like, really. Um, anyway, uh, do, 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 uh, Nick, that, that's a nice comment. Nick says, um, uh, side note, loved your content this season, Harry. I speak on behalf of many and say thank you and keep up the great work. Thank you, mate, uh, for your support. Really, really do appreciate it. Um, great to to hear that people do enjoy it as well. Uh, anyway, what else have we got? Um, right, let's have a look then at the statistics going into this one. Let me share uh, the page with you guys from the official Premier League website as we do ahead of each and every game that we look into. Where are we? Here we go. So head-to-head -head in the Premier League between these two sides, 61 meetings in England's top flight in its current form. Uh, Arsenal have won 24 of those. Chelsea have won 20, which when you think about how strong Chelsea have been in recent years, I was actually surprised to read that it's still slightly in Arsenal's favour. Uh, there have, of course, been 17 draws, though, uh, between these two sides. If we take it on and we have a look at recent meetings, uh, Arsenal won at Stamford Bridge earlier in the season by a goal to nil. Um, we won at Stamford Bridge last season as well, 4-2, as we were chasing down a Champions League place. We did get beaten, though, right at the start of the 21-22 campaign by Chelsea at Emirates Stadium. They beat us 2-0. Uh, we'd won at Stamford Bridge on Wednesday, 12th of May 2021, by a goal to nil, and we beat them on Boxing Day 2020 at Emirates Stadium by three goals to one. So we've won one, two, three, four of the last five meetings against Chelsea. So that bodes well. Uh, in terms of the form guide, as bad as Arsenal's form has been in recent weeks, as much as it's dropped off in comparison to the level that we have been performing at in recent times, it's still not as bad as theirs. Um, Arsenal have won just one of their last five in the Premier League, which is obviously disappointing. Um, four draws, uh, three draws, I beg your pardon, in there, away at Liverpool, away at West Ham and at home to Southampton. And then, of course, that defeat up at the Etihad on Wednesday night. For Chelsea, they've lost four of their last five. They were beaten midweek by Brentford at Stamford Bridge. They lost uh, at Stamford Bridge at the weekend to Brighton as well. Prior to that, they'd been beaten at Wolves at Molyneux. Uh, they managed to hold Liverpool to a 0-0 draw, uh, which was a somewhat respectable result, but they uh, hadn't managed to win the game prior to that either because they were beaten at home by Aston Villa. So Chelsea, you know, have been in rotten form. Frank Lampard has come in on a caretaker basis. It looks like maybe Maurizio Pochettino is going to take over based on what we're reading and what we're hearing. Um, nothing officially announced on that yet, but the Frank Lampard thing was supposed to lift the spirits at the club and was supposed to get them back on track. And it hasn't had that effect, has it? It really, really hasn't. Um, in terms of league positions, Arsenal second at the moment, knocked off the top yesterday by Manchester City. Chelsea sit in 12th. Uh, the Gunners have won 23 of their Premier League games this season, drawing six and losing four. Chelsea have won on just 10 occasions. They've uh, drawn nine and lost 13. It's interesting because I think Arsenal lost 13 games in the Premier League last season, but were never in that position, uh, in the position that they find themselves in now in 12th. We drew quite a few games as well from memory. Um, but yeah, Chelsea have, have really, really struggled. Average goals scored per match. This is the problem for Chelsea. Less than one on average. Arsenal 2.3. Average goals conceded. Uh, as is slightly higher at 1.15 in comparison to their 1.09 per match. But we've got the firepower at the other end to go and put that right when we do concede 
more often than not. Clean sheets, 12 for the Gunners, 10 for Chelsea, who um, are not a million miles off of the Gunners in terms of chances created. They just don't have the ability to apply that finishing touch at the moment. And that's the, that's the thing with this Chelsea side. That's why you still worry that they could click into gear and they could cause you problems on any given day. In terms of top goal scorers in the Premier League, Arsenal's leading goal scorer in the top flight is the young Brazilian Gabriel Martinelli. Uh, he's got 15. Bukayo Saka's in second on 13. And Martin Odegaard is on 12. Uh, assists, Saka leads the way. Trossard, second. Odegaard, third. Passes. Um, it's uh, a full house for Arsenal. Gabriel Magalhaes in first. William Saliba in second. Thomas Partey in third. When it comes to tackles, though, Mark Kukurea uh, leads the way here. He's got 66. He's joint top with Thomas Partey, I beg your pardon with Ben White in third. So those are some of the f uh, the key facts and stats going into this one coming up at Emirates Stadium on Tuesday night. In terms of my team, um, I'm not changing anything. I, and I know that will jar people and that will annoy people. I just, I can't work out where, where the change needs to come or, or should come just on the basis of what we have available. Like, am I against Leandro Trossard coming into the side? No, I'm not. Um, I'm not against Mikel Arteta taking that decision. But as I've said, outside of the Man City game, I don't think the forward players have been an issue. I don't think they've been a problem. I don't think Granit Xhaka looked himself um, the other night at Manchester City. Was that a bit of a hangover from the illness that he had? Possibly, in which case I'd maybe put Jorginho in there not Fabio Vieira, maybe Jorginho, possibly, but that is a bit of a stretch for me. Uh, Zinchenko at left back. I know that Jeff disagrees. He says, are you serious? Zinchenko still at left back. Shocking. I just think this is a game where we're going to have a lot of the ball and we want to control things. And I'm sorry, but I don't think Kieran Tierney fits in, in what we currently want to do. Now, whether you agree with that approach or not is another debate and is another discussion. And I know a lot of people don't agree with that. And a lot of people feel like we need to change it up a little bit and that maybe Mikel Arteta's reluctance to do that has cost us right at the key part of the season. I think that's a fair argument to make. I think there is a case for that. But I just don't think that that this is a game to do that. I think this is a game that we need to dominate, a game that we need to, to control. Um, and as I said to you guys earlier on in the show, if Mikel Arteta wasn't, tempted to change it up away at Man City. What makes you think he's going to do it at home to Chelsea? I think he'll want to compartmentalise that defeat at Man City, put it to one side, let that be that and, and look at now getting back on track. I honestly don't think he's going to make wholesale changes and I don't think I would either. Um, you know, some people are saying drop Saka maybe. Charlie says drop Saka maybe. I mean, you could, you know, it, it wouldn't be an outrageous decision to make based on the fact that he looks a little bit tired. But at the same time, I think, yeah, I just, I, I, just, I, I, I don't see it. I don't see, I don't see Mikel Arteta doing it. Um, Afsar says, Harry, now that the title is over, should we give a few youth players a chance for the remaining games? No, it's not over, Afsar. It's not over. Um, and as I've said already, yeah, the chances are small now and the, the chances are significantly less than they were three weeks ago, obviously, of course. But at the same time, uh, as I've said to you, if if they did drop the points, 
and we weren't there to take advantage, I would be more upset than I already am. Genuinely. But anyway, um, let's see what else we've got. Uh, uh, Shrisant says, not wholesale changes, but tweak here and there to prepare for the Newcastle fixture. The problem is, mate, that the Newcastle fixture doesn't really matter if we don't win this one. And that's that's the issue. You know, it's got to be one game at a time. I don't think we've got a good enough squad, a strong enough squad, a deep enough squad to be able to look ahead and say, well, this game's coming up. Let's make a couple of changes here. Let's shake it up a little bit there. I don't think we can do that. I, I really don't. I think that, you know, the game that we've got coming up, against Newcastle is big and it will be difficult. There's no doubt about that. They're absolutely flying this season. But, you know, unless we go and beat Chelsea, what does it mean, really? Not an awful lot. Uh, Pete says, if Arteta was to change it now, would would it show that he's given up on the league? Maybe. Maybe. Um, I don't think he would change it up um, unless he needed to. I don't think if he hasn't abandoned or, or moved away from what he's done so far this season up until this point, given the last few results, I don't think he's going to do it now. Um, but yeah, having one of those moments again where I can see my daughter hovering around the <laughs> the router, just texting the wife, get her away. <laughs> my God, I want to put it up somewhere higher, but I don't know where. Just this kid, honestly, honestly. She's obs- I think it's the lights. I think it's the lights that attract her. Anyway, um, I agree with NJ. City can still drop points. How is the season over? It's not over. Um, and that's why we have to be there. Uh, Ahmed says, I think Trossard should start even if he plays as a goalkeeper. <laughs> uh, love that. Love that. Um, what else have we got? Uh, this one from Aftar. Please hit the likes. It helps the channel, guys. Yeah, I don't even think I've done that yet. Asked you guys for likes. Uh, let's try and get up to 100. That would be amazing if we could. Um, thank you so, so much. Okay. Um, I guess it's time for me to give you a prediction. Let's get some of your predictions in the chat box as well. Let's get as many uh, as we can between now and the end of the show. Also, let me know where you're tuning in from as well. So put your prediction and where you're tuning in from uh, afterwards as well. Uh, I always uh, like to see where people are joining us from. It always um it's always interesting to to read. Um, my prediction here, I'm going to go for a 2-0 Arsenal win. I think we'll be all right tomorrow. I think it, it might not be the most stunning performance. It might not be um, the most convincing victory, but I don't care as long as we get the three points. That's what matters. We need to get back to business in terms of picking up maximum points and the performances and all the rest of it can come afterwards. You know, For now, it's about getting those points on the board. It's about making Manchester City at least work for it, you know, and and that's how I feel. And listen, as I said, right at the top of the program, Chelsea have the players capable of hurting us. So I, I wouldn't be expecting, um, I wouldn't be expecting a, a, a ton of goals or, you know, a, a, an emphatic victory. I, you know, maybe we get that if we do get that great. But I do think that as, as was pointed out in the chat, it is a London derby. It is, um, a game that means a lot to both sets of supporters, and I think it will be closer than, than maybe their, the two teams' form this season suggests it should be. Uh, Shacklebolt says 2-1 Arsenal is joining us from Sweden. Um, Abdi says 4-0 Arsenal, but then changes it to 4-1 Arsenal. He goes, forgot we can't keep a clean sheet. 
to save our lives. Uh, Afsar says 2-1 win. Uh, Charlie says 2-1, hopefully, from Southgate down the road. Uh, there you go. Uh, Jeff says 2-1 from Essex. Uh, Nav says 1-0 to the Arsenal. Uh, Hamudiane says 3-0 Arsenal. Uh, Steve says he'll be very disappointed if we don't have a convincing win. 3-1 Arsenal. Ron says 2-0 to the Arsenal. Um, Michael S. pointing out that Chelsea getting a goal wouldn't be a good thing considering how bad their uh, lack of goals has been this season. Archangel's gone for a draw. And Travis Orr says 8-2 to Arsenal. That would be bloody nice, wouldn't it? That would be brilliant. Right. Um, I am going to leave it there, guys. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. Really, really appreciate the support as always. Um, I will see you guys again. When am I going to see you again? Um, obviously, the game's tomorrow evening. Obviously, members on the Another Slice platform, which you can find, by the way, the link to in the description below, will get my post-match player ratings from Emirates Stadium uh, as close to the full-time whistle as I can feasibly do it because, obviously, I've got uh, post-match duties to, to undertake. But those will be available. The podcast uh, reviewing the game will be with you guys on... <sighs> I'll try and do it really late on Tuesday, but if not, it will be bright and early on Wednesday morning. Uh, I'm going to be up early anyway because I think I'm doing a little slot on uh, the TalkSport Breakfast Show with Laura Woods and Ali McCoist. So I'll be up from six o'clock anyway. Um, so that will be uh, that will be with you on Wednesday morning, if not really late on Tuesday. And then we'll get back into our routine of the normal time, 4.30 p.m. Monday to Friday, lots of content coming your way. A couple of additional bits coming up for members on another slice as well. And um, yeah, we'll um, we'll start keeping a closer eye on the transfer rumours as well. I know the season's not done and dusted yet and there's a lot of football still to be played and obviously that takes precedent. But, you know, it is interesting now going into this this period, you know, what, what are Arsenal thinking about doing? What are Arsenal looking at doing? Where do they feel, um, you know, they've, they've learnt needs improving this season we'll, we'll do all of that as well over the course of the summer um too but yeah lots to keep across lots to keep on top of thank you as always don't forget to leave a like on your way out don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you're new check out nordvpn uh fantastic deal available to you at the moment including a huge discount plus four months for free and we thank them for their support of the podcast and thank you to all of you as well uh, for your constant support i'll see you all soon goodbye <laughs>